Welcome to another inspirational message from Chowdean Community Church, Gateshead. For more information about Chowdean, visit www.chowdean.org.uk. We hope you enjoy the podcast. I'm sure I could break it if I tried, though. I'll, I'll, leave, I'll leave that enough to not, not move it. Now, this has no relevance whatsoever to the service this morning, but my granddad would have been 100 today. And I all, if, were he still with us? And I always used to think that he looked like Leslie Crowther. Now, can you remember when the most exciting thing on a Saturday night wasn't X Factor, and it wasn't I'm a celebrity or anything like that? It was the price is right. Now, I was going to pick on some people this morning to bring you out to have a little go of the price is right, but I've heard about how competitive these things can get at Chowdine. So I thought possibly it was better to just, you know, ask you for some ideas from, from your seats rather than pick three of you against each other um, for no price. So, do you remember if you're at least as old as me or beyond, that the idea was you had some items and you had to guess how much you think those items were worth. And then the person who was closest, they kind of got the points and they went on to win. So I've got five items this morning. And these prices were correct as of last week. Okay? So if there has been any movement and fluctuation in prices, doesn't matter. So just, just let's see what you like up here at uh, guessing the prices of different items. So we're starting from the, the cheapest and we're going to go through to the most expensive, okay? So our first item this morning is, is a tin of beans. Heinz, Heinz, the tin that, that's about that size, not the, the little size tin. And this price I will give you is the price that it is at Sainsbury's. However, last, last week, just to complicate things, Sainsbury's had a bit of an offer on Heinz beans. So, would anybody like to hazard a guess as to the correct price as of last week? 45, 55, we had a 60, a 95. I can reveal to you that as of last week on Sainsbury's website, this tin of beans would have gone for... 60 pence should have been 75 but Mr. Badams would have got the points there look at that must shop at Sainsbury's <laughs> none of this little for the Badams <laughs> well we're going to jump up now a little bit a little bit more expensive quite a bit more expensive now an iPhone X in space grey 64 gig if you want to know the memory this is priced as of John Lewis on their website. How much do you reckon it is to buy the handset? So you're not on a contract. It's just to buy the handset outright. Now, if anybody gets this right, I'll want to check your phone. <laughs> 998? Any advance on 998? It's a phone, Derek. It's a special phone. It's one of these smartphones. You got one? You reckon 350? 650, around 1,000. 
Well, if you were to go to John Lewis and ask for an iPhone X in Space Gray with 64 gig of memory, it would cost you 900, you probably can't see that, 959 pounds. So I think the gentleman over here was possibly the closest. 959, I would want it to make the tea for that, wouldn't you? <laughs> Mind, if somebody were to give me one, I wouldn't knock it back, I have to say. Now, I don't know whether anybody would dare admit to knowing the answer to the next item. So we've gone from a tin of beans up to an iPhone. This is a special bottle of whiskey. McCallum whiskey, one of only 400 bottles produced. It's over 20 years old, I believe. Now, this one, I think, might surprise you. I'm not a, I'm not a whiskey drinker myself. But anybody who is might, might like to hazard a guess? 25,000? Is that 16 or 60? 16? 10,000? Oh, 10,000. Would you believe if you were to go and buy this bottle of whiskey, it would cost you 49,995 pounds, which... Then begs the question, would you ever dare to drink it? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Do I have any left? <laughs> now, Ronnie, I don't know. <laughs> Two more items for you to try and guess the price of. Now, I can remember buying my first flat 20 years ago. Kells Lane, upstairs three-bed flat, was £37,000. And then when we bought our first house, it was at the bottom of Chowdine Bank, and it was a three-bed semi. I do believe Mr. Horsfall might have put the, the, the burglar alarm into it. I think he did. And it, it was nearly £60,000. That was 1999. What about a new-build house in heaven, just down the road from, from me, building on... Some lovely ex-contaminated land with a wonderful view of the metro. <laughs> New build, but that's not to put you off because heaven can be very nice. New build five-bed house. What do you reckon that would go for? Remember, all these prices are escalating. You think 750 it's heaven? <laughs> not heaven. <laughs> easily confused. Very easily confused. 375, did you say? Oh, we've had, we have a, a guess of 375,000 down here. 300,000 over here. 425. I can reveal to you that if you wanted to go and live in heaven, it would cost you just under 335,000 for this five-bedroomed house. There you go. And despite the view of the metro, you do have the river nearby. It's not all bad. Now... My son liked this last one. Here we go. A Bugatti. Is that Chiron or Chiron? I don't know how to even pronounce it. I'm not very up. I drive a little, one of those little Fiats myself. <laughs> what do you reckon this would be worth? No cheating on your smartphones. One and a half million, six fifty. Two million, one and a half. It's hard, isn't it? It's a car. 
It's a car. Would you believe this would cost you just over two and a half million pounds? For a car? Wow. Isn't it hard to put a price on something? It can be really hard. Something that you think is really good value, I may think is a complete waste of money. And vice versa. It can be really... You always say if you're trying to sell your house, it's worth as much as somebody's willing to pay for it, isn't it? You may think your house is worth a fortune, but actually, if nobody else agrees with you, you're not going to get that price. It can be really difficult. Because, you know, we all value things very differently. What I think is worth paying a lot of money for, I've got to say my lovely dad doesn't always agree with. So it is quite funny when we go out, if we're going out for a meal or something like that, my dad definitely likes quantity over quality. And if he thinks that we're overpaying for the food, he will order tap water. He will not pay for the drinks. And I can always remember taking my gran out. She would be over 100 if she was still with us. And I would take my gran out for fish and chips or something like that. And if you were in a cafe, she would always begrudge paying whatever it was for a cup of tea. She would always say, it's just hot water in a tea bag and a splash of milk in a cup. I'm not paying. (laughs) Whereas I just like the fact someone else has made it for me. (laughs) It's funny, isn't it? So just have a think. I wonder, what's the most precious thing? that you own and I don't mean your children because oh isn't it wonderful seeing the kids up and you can't you cannot put a price on on your bins you can't but what's the most precious thing that you own just have a little think can you remember when you bought it did you have to save up for a long time for it and if you did have to save up for a long time did you kind of lie awake at night thinking about getting it and actually owning it and having it were you really excited when you finally got it did you feel as excited as you thought you would how long was it before you started thinking about something else that you wanted how long was it before the car was too old or the technology was replaced by something faster or sleeker Or maybe the trainers went out of fashion. Or it broke. Or your corner bath was replaced by your standing bath of a wet room. Whatever it might be. Things change, don't they? And it's hard to put a price on things. Jesus told loads of stories to help us to understand what God was like. And to help us to understand what God was wanting to say to us all. And we call them parables. And one of the shortest parables in the Bible is found in Matthew's Gospel. And it's only a couple of verses long. And we're going to just read it there this morning. It's going to come up on the screen. This is what the parable says. This is Jesus speaking to his friends and his listeners. He says, Also, God's kingdom is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. One day he found a very fine pearl. And he went and sold everything he had to find it. Now, I don't know how much you know about pearls. They're quite nice, aren't they? They're a bit of a classic kind of jewellery statement, aren't they? They represent various wedding anniversaries, depending on which internet site you look at. 
They're the birthstone of June, if anybody's born in June. And they are very nice. So when you think of people wearing pearls, I wonder what you think of. I wonder whether you think of maybe really formal occasions. I remember my uncle and auntie bought me a, a set of dress pearls for my 21st. And I was at university and I felt a million dollars wearing them. We used to have balls and I had like a long fancy dress and I used to wear my, my, my fake pearls and I, I loved them. I felt really, really cool. Um, they're very classic, aren't they? Now, I didn't know loads about pills, so I've gone and I've looked up a few facts about them. Nowadays, for just over the past hundred years or so, most of the pills that we get are cultured pills. So that means that they're grown deliberately using scientific methods and techniques. And less than 5% of the pills that are around in the world today are actually found naturally. Now, that's not very many. If you can find a natural pill that hasn't been grown scientifically, it would be worth between $300 and $1,500 just for one pill. So actually, a real pearl necklace would be worth a lot of money. You'll find a pearl in less than 1 in 10,000 oysters. That's a lot of oysters to get through before you might <laughs> possibly find a one. You're unlikely to swallow one, put it that way, if you're going and you're having your fresh oysters somewhere. Now, the only jewel that are, that's created by a living animal, a mollusk, and I didn't know this, you can get freshwater pills and saltwater pills. Oh, if we go back a little bit, there we go. So you can see up there, we've got a mussel in the top corner. And mussels create saltwater pills. And we've got an oyster just down there. And they create uh, the freshwater pills. And they can be white or gold, purple, black, all different colours. I always think of them being shiny white. The most famous pearl in the world, if we go on to the next one, there, is called La Peregrina or the Pilgrim. And it's been around since the Tudor times. It was owned by... Uh, King Philip II of Spain and then Mary Tudor went to Napoleon III in the 1800s and then of course the lady if we move on Elizabeth Taylor eventually acquired it it's about the size of a pigeon's egg Jesus was talking in the time of the Romans about 2,000 years ago in Roman times the pearl was the most precious gem you could get a bit like I don't know I always think of diamonds today as being the most precious and I don't know whether they are but in my mind if anybody said to me if you can choose an expensive gem I'd choose a diamond in the Roman times it was pearls think about how rare they are think about how it's less than one in 10,000 oysters that has one there was a general who sold one pair of his mother's pearl earrings and financed an entire military campaign Julius Caesar passed a law saying that only the wealthiest and most noble families could own a pearl. Cleopatra ground down a pearl into fine powder and mixed it into a drink for Mark Anthony to prove that Egypt was really, really wealthy. Each pearl is unique, like a snowflake, like a fingerprint. Each pearl is different. 
So when Jesus told this story to his disciples about the merchant selling everything he had to go and get a pearl, it would have been like talking about maybe the biggest diamond today. Think about how hard it would have been to find a pearl. You couldn't grow them 2,000 years ago. So he's talking about finding the most precious thing around at that time and finding something that's really hard to find. How long would it have taken to find one? What kind of perseverance and determination would you need? Because the pearl was the ultimate in wealth and in status. And Jesus is saying that the kingdom of heaven and everything that it stands for is the most unique and precious thing that we can have. And it's worth giving up everything for. And it's worth persevering for. And it's worth being determined and not giving up. And we search for a lot of things in our lives. We search for love and, and wealth and security and happiness and status. And we save up our money for our houses, for our university education, for a car, our children, whatever that might be. And that they're not bad things by any stretch. But making what Jesus wants number one in our lives, that's going to bring us satisfaction and contentment like nothing else will. Thinking about the things that he values and he brings is just so much more important. And it just brings such a better way of life for us because all of the other things, they can't really satisfy us. Because we'll not get enough. There'll always be another car or another house or another iPhone. (laughs) But in that verse, Jesus is saying to the people who are listening to him, that what he offers is worth everything. Like the man who sold everything that he had to be able to have one pearl. It's worth giving things up for. So here's a question, just to think on. First question, what's Jesus actually worth to you? What's Jesus actually worth to you? I wonder what you thought as I read that little story that Jesus told Because you might have heard that story and thought, well, actually, hang on a minute, that's so demanding. Here's Jesus standing there and just kind of saying, well, he's more important than anything else, and you've got to give up everything for him. I wonder if that made you feel a little bit funny. A little bit like, well, who is he to to demand that of me? Is that the kind of demanding God that we're talking about and singing about and learning about? Because God does demand a lot from us. He asks for everything. And in the last line of that lovely old hymn, When I Survey the Wondrous Cross, it says, demands my soul, my life, my all. But the good news is, you know, that we are incredibly precious to God. And it's not one-way traffic. It's not God standing there, remote from us, completely detached and saying, I demand this from you. I demand your love. I demand your sacrifice and your, your service. And there's nothing back, no. One of the most famous verses in the Bible, John 3.16 says, Yes, God loved the world so much, he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him wouldn't be lost, but have eternal life. God gives us everything. So when he's saying Give me your life, give me your soul, give me your all, it's worth it. It's in response to what he has already 
done for us. It's two-way traffic. That old hymn that said, demands my soul, my life, my all. What's the line before that? Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. That makes it a little bit different, doesn't it? Love so amazing, so divine. Because if we decide that we are going to do what Jesus was talking about and give up other things to follow him and to love him and to serve him, we've got to understand the heart behind that is a God who says, I love you. Here is my son. This is how much I love you. And we get, in response, we get a pearl of greatest price. Something unique, something precious, something rare, something incomparable. Do you know how precious you are to God? In Isaiah 43 verse 4, it says, You are precious to me, and I have given you a special place of honour. I love you. King David wrote a lot of the Psalms and he knew he was precious to God. In Psalm 17, he wrote, keep me as the apple of your eye. Isn't that a lovely phrase? The apple of your eye. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. Did you know that you're the apple of God's eye? What a wonderful image. And for King David, along with knowing how precious he was to God, came safety and security. Hide me in the shadow of your wings. And you just imagine kind of like a, a, a mother hen just enfolding the chicks in the wings and keeping them safe. That's the image of our heavenly father loving us and keeping us safe. Pearls are made when a tiny speck, a tiny particle, gets trapped inside the oyster shell or the mussel shell. And it gets coated in a protective coating and it grows and it grows. I love that image. If only we could know that when God has us, we're trapped. And he protects us, just like the pearl. He courts us in his love, his security, his protection. And we can grow and grow and grow. And then we become more precious. So what is Jesus really worth to us? And the second question is, what are we, what are we really worth to Jesus? The answer should be everything, but I wonder if it is. We are so precious to God. And do you know, when we understand that, it makes perfect sense to make Jesus the most important thing in our life. Even if it means a bit of a sacrifice. For some of us, we might have made God the number one thing in our lives already. Is he still there? 
Is he still there at the center? Or has life somehow just managed to dislodge him and push him out of place? If you're here this morning and you've never decided that God's worth loving and following and serving, what is at the center of your life if it's not God? Because there'll be something there. And is it worth as much as Jesus is offering? I wonder what the pearl of greatest price is this morning for each of us. Let's pray. Father God, life is full of things that make us make judgment calls on them. What is something worth? What's worth paying for a house or a car or a meal or a cup of coffee or a new pair of shoes? Lord, it can be really hard sometimes to to make those calls. But more difficult than that can be the challenge every day to think what's actually at the center of our lives. What's our pearl of greatest price? I pray that for each of us this morning, Lord, you would remind us of what you have done for us, of how much you love us and how precious we are to you. And Father, if there are any of us here this morning that need to make a bit of an adjustment in terms of what we have at the center of our lives, I pray that by your spirit, you would help us to do that so that we are truly living lives that are alive, full of hope and purpose and meaning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. This is the end of this message. We hope you enjoyed it. If you want to find out more about our church, please visit www.chowdean.org.uk and please take a minute to rate our podcast on iTunes.